the Spanish announce table. Um, so hey everyone, uh, this is Tom, and uh, for the people watching on YouTube, you can see that right there is a reindeer, and right there is Santa. And you may be wondering, uh, how did I end up here? Funny story, glad you asked. So what happened was uh, Tim and I were talking last week about doing our holiday party. And we wanted the Spanish announce table uh, listeners and viewers to, to kind of get a sneak peek into our holiday party that we do every year that we've done for the last seven years. And I thought, going back to when we relaunched uh, that the holiday party should take place in the North Pole. Uh, some wires got mixed up, miscommunication, most likely my fault. Uh, but I took off for the North Pole uh, thinking this was going to be as usually expected with the plan to go forward. And obviously because of the pandemic, Tim decided to stay home like a smart person. So here I am, and Tim is uh, currently working on getting me back to Kansas City. So for those uh, watching on YouTube, you can see the background and where I'm at. For those listening, uh, I will describe that this place is very cold. Everyone's very friendly. I got some nice garb. I'm already an elf, uh, ready to get work uh, started tomorrow, which is going to be Christmas Eve, uh, and then also Obviously, the big day of Christmas, getting our work done and then seeing all the kids so happy and excited to open up their presents. Um, but yeah, so that's what's happening right now is um, I'm at the North Pole and Tim is working on getting me back to Kansas City. Uh, so while he works on uh, the flights and the travel arrangements and obviously the logistics of getting me back from the North Pole to Kansas City. Uh, I figured in that time that he is working, uh, I wanted to give you, the listeners and viewers, uh, a Christmas special. So what we're going to do in this episode is uh, we're going to give you our wish list because with Christmas always comes Christmas wishes. Uh, we've done this in the past, so we figured to keep the tradition alive, uh, but we're going to give you our Christmas wish list for 2020 in the year of whatever we were going to call this. I didn't even have a year because it was so wild and unexpected, uh, but in pro wrestling, going to give you those uh, wishes. And then also, because most likely it's going to take us a long time to get me back home uh, because I am a goof, uh, we're also going to do some... Uh, year in recap. So I'm going to give you our breakout star of the year, our male superstar of the year, our female superstar of the year, uh, our match of the year, and our moment of the year. So five big awards uh, there for you. But let's start off with our Christmas wish list. Uh, so as talked about, this year was pretty incredible. I don't really know how to describe it other than unusual and unexpected. Um, but as we're coming up on the year end, uh, and Christmas, as I mentioned, is going to be in a couple days here, uh, here's our Christmas wish list. So for our first Christmas wish, Santa, big guy right there, uh, here's, here's what I'm going to be asking you for in pro wrestling. I want CFO to be 
the music producers for AEW. So they already had their chance in NXT. They knocked it out of the park, right? We got some great music uh, for uh, Keith Lee, Alistair Black, uh, before that, Nakamura, Bobby Roode. All of those amazing acts got some of the best music possible in recent memory for sure, uh, if not ever. So AEW is on the come up, as we've obviously talked about week in and week out. But one thing I think they're missing is that signature sound. Now, they have Judas uh, from Chris Jericho. But again, that's Fozzie. That's his band. That was something that he was doing before he was going to be using it as his entrance, I believe. Uh, We do have a really great entrance music from uh, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, But I think that next evolution of AEW to compete with WWE is those signature hooks, right? Like if you go back to WCW, you think of the Harlem Heat, you think of the NWO song, you think of that Four Horsemen when it was Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Flying Brian Pillman, uh, Dean Malenko, those guys, uh, you know, that signature with the galloping and then the that guitar riff that was so good. Sorry for that weird um, explanation or uh, guitar sound I made. I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm freezing up here in the North pole. So sometimes the brain doesn't work all the time. Uh, But again, CFO going to AEW, I think would be a game changer. We think it would be awesome. So for our first Christmas wish, we wish that CFO will go to AEW. So that's kicking it off for our wishes. We don't got too many, but we also got some, so we're going to get into it. Wrote them down here. Uh, so next on our wish list is AEW gets a second two-hour show. Now, that's four hours total for AEW. Uh, maybe five if you consider AEW Dark. But AEW Dark, I enjoy for what it is. Getting those young talents uh, and some of those acts that need to be refined a little bit. Some TV time, but nothing pressing, right? It's on YouTube. Take it or leave it as you want it. Uh, no real stories that advanced uh, on Dark, although now we're getting Britt Baker's talk show. Uh, and if you saw last week's episode, you saw SCU starting to tear apart at the seams. But I, I think a second two-hour show on TNT would do great for AW and really their extremely talented roster. Uh, as we've talked about, Tim and I, on this uh, podcast, there's so many acts that just aren't getting enough TV time because they have so many top-level talents. Obviously, a Sting needs to get some TV time, so Sting's going to be on Dynamite. But if you had a second two-hour show, similar to what Thunder is, that's where you can get those sunny kisses, Scorpio Skies. And I know I keep mentioning the same names, but you know what I mean. It's it's those the, the Varsity Blondes. Um, uh, even Lester, you know, with his this thing, all that that scares me, uh, or Luther, Dr. Luther, you know, uh, get in him. I said Lester because, again, I'm freezing and my brain doesn't work all the time. Uh, and we don't fact check, but I think it's Luther. Um, getting him some TV time. Uh, also getting some acts that need more TV time to get to that next level, like a Miro. Miro is great on Dark, but I think if he got some storyline advancements on a second show on AEW and on TNT that would just do wonders for his uh, career and his character. So that is our second wish that AEW would get a second two hour show on TNT. Now, as we keep going uh, our third wish, we're going to move it over to WWE. This is going to be that the hurt business elevates and goes 
to the main event picture. Right now, they're killing it. You got Bobby Lashley as your United States champion. You got Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander as your tag team champs. MVP still hanging out there. No title right now as of this recording. But the really great, but so far the Hurt Business has always been mid-card. Now they've done a couple cool things. If you go back to when uh, Raw had the Raw Underground and they closed down Raw Underground for one episode and they looked completely like badasses. More of that. That's what we're asking for. And we want that to happen at that main event level. So taking out the Randy Orton's, taking out the Drew McIntyre's, maybe even mixing it up with the Bray Wyatt character, if that character ever comes back. TBD on Bray Wyatt, right? Because uh, uh, last time we saw him, as of this recording, uh, he was burnt alive. So is he dead? Uh, I don't know. Randy Orton maybe murdered someone. We're okay with that. Uh, Side note, interesting that Bray Wyatt gets murdered by Randy Orton live on television. Monday night, Randy Orton just walks out, cuts a promo. Uh, Braun Strowman headbutts an official, suspended, and we haven't seen him for weeks. Murder, headbutt. guess uh, headbutts are a little bit more uh, valued on uh, WWE programming. But anyhow, back to the original wish. Uh, We wish that the Hurt Business would elevate to that uh, evolution status in WWE because all of them are great. MVP can cut a promo with anyone. Bobby Lashley uh, looks like an action figure with legs and arms uh, that move in real like lifelike uh, motions. Uh, Cedric Alexander is going to be the breakout star. That's what I think. I think Cedric Alexander is going to be the guy that we're going to look back and say, man, that was the the rock for the hurt business. Uh, and then obviously Shelton Benjamin gives you that credibility uh, he's been a wrestler for you know almost two decades. Uh, he has a collegiate background, so he can obviously really throw down and and beat your ass if he needs to. So I just want the hurt business, or we want the hurt business, to get to that next level. They're doing great things right now, but take them to that next level. And man, I think Raw will uh, be a little bit more enjoyable of a show with them featured as more credible top level talent. All right, as we're Rounding out our wishes, the next wish that we have, uh, we obviously said we want AEW to get a second two-hour show. On the flip side of that, we want Raw to go to two hours. Now, Santa, big guy, uh, is this a wish you've heard before? Most likely. Uh, Is this a wish that you're going to keep hearing from the IWC or pro wrestling fans uh, alike? Yeah. And it's because Raw is just too long. Again, It's a three-hour show. That is a Lord of the Rings movie every week. It's it's burnout. You're going to burn out on just overexposing talent, overexposing storylines, reusing storylines. So just cut that down to two hours. I think the consensus is two hours is the sweet spot for pro wrestling. It's enough time to give good matches it's enough time to do good promos and it's enough time to advance storylines without, well, what do we do for another 20 minutes? How do we get to the next 10 minutes? What do we do in the last segment of the show at the top of the hour for the second hour of the show? You know what I'm saying? So if you just dial that back down two hours on raw, two hours on SmackDown and obviously two hours of NXT, I think you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck uh, and elevate 
guys a little bit proper, a little bit better and more properly than what you're doing right now, because it's just exhaustion. I love pro wrestling. It's my favorite thing. I've been doing this podcast with Tim for seven years now. So obviously I have some type of addiction or love for pro prep, excuse me, for pro wrestling, but it's just, I just can't, I can't fully invest that much time week in and week out to a three hour show. It's special shows I can go for, right? If you're going to do a, a Christmas episode, like what we're doing right now or something like that every so often. Okay. But weekend and week out, I'm just done. I'm exhausted. I feel like the rest of the IWC is as well. The casual viewer does not stay for that long. So you're not even getting them to really stay on the channel. You're competing uh, most of the time here in America with Monday night football, which is a three hour game usually. So it's just, we just need to cut it down. Cut it down to two hours, and I tell you what, we will be so happy. So, Santa, that is our next wish is that Raw gets cut down to two hours. Our last wish is going to be a, is, is something that we think is going to happen, Santa, but we also just kind of want it to happen. But if it doesn't, we totally understand. So that's the caveat before we give the wish. But we wish that Becky Lynch returns to WWE can be SmackDown can be raw. We don't care either one, Uh, but we miss Becky Lynch. She was so cool. Her time away has made her made us miss her. Uh, I want her to come back as that kick-ass, you know, people were uh, uh, kind of comparing her character to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know if we need to totally do anti-authority, especially with no authority, Uh, in the picture as far as storylines go, but that ass kicker, we're going and we're going to take down the world together. Get behind me. I'll lead the the way. Fuck yeah. Becky Lynch. Like that's the Becky Lynch that we missed. That's the Becky Lynch we need right now. Uh, I think if you keep, keep building up this Charlotte character, where she came back as a baby face, but obviously don't know one like her, right? She's the best heel, uh, maybe female heel of all time. Uh, but maybe best heel right now uh, on Raw, but or you know eventually. Uh, but yeah, you build up Charlotte, maybe Turner heel, and then you get Becky Lynch to come back post baby coming out spitting fire, just killing it with all the types of matches and moments that we know her to to give us. That would be awesome. Now again, we said the caveat because if she has this child, uh, which she had the child, but if she is going through this process with her and Seth and Seth wants to return to, to pro wrestling, uh, WWE specifically. And, and Becky Lynch is like, no, I, I, no, I want to be a mom. Then awesome. We support that 1 million percent. Uh, good on you. We support any decision she makes, but selfishly. And again, that's why it's a wish. We wish Becky Lynch comes back to WWE. Now let's transition. As I mentioned, it's going to take a lot of time for me to get out of here. Uh, I, I don't know how to get back, to be honest. I don't even know how I really got here. I don't even know exactly how I got this reindeer or this elf uh, costume on. I think I know, but there was an elf that was really like a, a slick talker, kind of like slick back in the 80s. And now I'm dressed like an elf. I think I have to work here at the top of the hour. So I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty quickly. Uh, but 
I don't know when I'm going to be back home. I hope it's next week. It's not looking so great. Tim's really working hard on getting me home. Uh, so again, uh, patience. Uh, thank you so much. Um, but we are going to do our holiday uh, year end awards as well on this episode while I'm freezing my butt off while Santa just look at, look at how condescending he's looking. He's, he's laughing at me as if this has happened to other people too, right? As if other people thought they were going to continue their, their trip to the North Pole during a pandemic and then ended up stranded. But I mean, but you know what? At least I do have, well, we can't see it. Uh, well, it was, it's my water. I got my water. There it is. There's my water. For those watching, you can see my water coming into the picture. Uh, for those listening, you're going to hear me take a drink of water. Here is our year-end awards for 2020. And I tell you what, what a year. We had AEW climbing up the ranks, getting ratings that topped a million a couple different times. Some of the best moments from uh, Chris Jericho and Hangman Adam Page. Orange Cassidy became a thing that took the pro wrestling world by storm. We also had amazing moments in WWE, the return of Edge, the greatest wrestling match with Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, we had the fiend Bray Wyatt, like I just said, at the top of this uh, episode, get burned alive by Randy Orton. Uh, we had a money in the bank on top of WWE's towers. We had uh, Undertaker's retirement. It was jam-packed with moments, jam-packed with matches, jam-packed with superstars from both WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, all of the great promotions out there that were still kicking uh, during this pandemic. But let's start off our year-end awards with our breakout star of the year. Now, as I mentioned, you can go a, a couple different ways with this, right? Uh, Orange Cassidy comes to mind about this time last year. I don't know. I mean, Orange Cassidy was still making his way, but with victories over the likes of Chris Jericho and going to a draw with uh, Cody, he's more of an established character, especially to the casual viewers. So you could say maybe Orange Cassidy. You could say maybe Keith Lee, a double champion in NXT, goes to the main roster, has a win over Randy Orton, looks to be on his way. Maybe he's a breakout star. But for our breakout star, we are going to go with the man that won the Royal Rumble and also the man that defeated Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. We are going with Drew McIntyre. Now, let's talk about his career. Excuse me. Let's talk about his year in WWE this year. Like I said, he won the Royal Rumble. Amazing. Had that Claymore kick to Brock Lesnar, eliminates him, goes out, goes out to uh, eliminate Roman Reigns, wins the Royal Rumble, as I mentioned, goes to the WrestleMania in a weird circumstance, no crowd, no nothing, still defeats Brock Lesnar, holds the title, has a really good feud, as I've mentioned a couple different times, just a touch too long, with Randy Orton, reestablishes himself as a champion after uh, previously losing to Randy Orton, regains the championship, and then just has a knockdown, drag-out fight with AJ Styles in The Miz in a triple threat ladder match. Thought Drew McIntyre really took himself to the next level. He was that mid-card guy where he looked the part. Uh, he won the award for uh, getting off the bus, right? Best getting off the bus award goes to Drew McIntyre. Looks like uh, everyone's leading man in every lifetime 
you know, original movie or the romance novels, all of that stuff. But then this year he took it to where now he has credible wins. Now, if he loses, it's a big deal. Back in the days of three and B, he would lose every week. We just move on to the next segment. Now we have some cool uh, progression and development in his character. Now he has that big ass sword uh, that looks fucking cool. He has a kilt. You never mess with a man in a kilt. That's what my dad always said. And it was just great. What a great year for Drew McIntyre. Someone that was always on our radar, but then again, for this award, the breakout star definitely broke out and established himself uh, as a main eventer in WWE. Now our female wrestler of the year. Again, this one has a lot of candidates. You go Sasha Banks, right? She held it down during the pandemic, her and Bailey. Uh, then she breaks out, breaks away from Bailey, obviously getting turned on, but still breaks away from Bailey, becomes the SmackDown champion for the first time has some defense uh, title defenses, which is unusual for her uh, on the AEW side. Britt Baker, I thought was amazing. She suffered that injury, worked through it to still do some really great spots. Got Tony Schiavone's uh, chest waxed, right? Remember that was doing the, the role model, like a role model. Uh, the Reba rebel angle was really funny, but with all that being said, our, or excuse me, our female superstar of the year goes to Bailey. So congratulations, Bailey. I know you're watching. Thank you for sending your support uh, while I'm out here in the North Pole. But Bailey is our female superstar of the year, and this is why. She did hold it down, more so in my opinion, than Sasha Banks during that pandemic. She was week in and week out. Miss Reliable. You needed a good wrestling match, put in Bailey. You need a good promo, put in Bailey. You need a good heel, put in Bailey. She did all three at a level that I don't think any any other female did. She was incredible. Uh, her title reign, her frenemy uh, kind of relationship with Sasha, even though they're best friends, we as the IWC always thought one of them was going to turn eventually. So they had that angle to go with as well. Now she's working with Bianca Belair, which is incredible. I think she's going to make Bianca Belair more of a credible baby face uh, post feud. She was just awesome. I like the ding dong, open the door. Uh, she just really, really was entertaining throughout this entire 2020. Someone that you could put on television and you knew you were getting a good segment week in and week out. So for that, the consistency and the moments, we're giving it to Bailey as our female wrestler of the year. Now, our male wrestler of the year got some contenders again. You could go with Drew McIntyre. As I mentioned, Royal Rumble winner beats Brock Lesnar. Ladder match at TLC with AJ Styles and Miz. Uh, other people you could go with, Roman Reigns reestablishing himself as the head of the table. Uh, the heel turn that I think caught people by surprise by aligning himself, Paul Heyman. Uh, you also have uh, people like Kenny Omega, who wins the AEW championship, goes to Impact. That was pretty incredible as well. Uh, a lot of good candidates for male wrestler of the year. But our pick for wrestler of the year, male wrestler of the year, is Chris Jericho. Here's why. I think, was that Santa? I believe I caught something from Santa. Maybe an email. Maybe a snowball up to the upside the face after this is done. Anyhow, we'll get back to that in a little bit, or I'll get back to it in a little bit. But like I said, Chris Jericho is our male 
superstar of the year. What did he not do this year that was awesome? He had an amazing match at the beginning of the year, pre-pandemic, with John Moxley. John Moxley getting the title victory over Chris Jericho, where Jericho drops the title to him. Then Chris Jericho, during this pandemic, does commentary, knocks out of the park. He does matches with Orange Cassidy, knocks out of the park. He does great promos to build matches with the likes of Orange Cassidy and Pineapple Pete. He made Pineapple Pete a thing this year. Who else made a superstar out of nothing other than Chris Jericho? I mean, he just out of the park on every single thing uh, that he touched this year. Uh, Doing the inner circle thing with MJF. Remember the dinner that he had with MJF? That musical number that I don't think anyone anticipated was spectacular. Uh, Obviously, the stadium stampede match was great as well. Uh, Chris Jericho was amazing. I, I will think of 2020 as the year that people, at least for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself here, where I was always considering him one of the greats, but never in that conversation. He was always in the bottom half of the all-time greats, but 2020 for me, put him in that conversation. And now he's in that, well, should I take out someone like Sting? Should I take out someone like Taz? You know, for me, that's who's in my all-time list. But with Chris Jericho's work, especially uh, since joining Kevin Owens to today, I, I think I'm going to have to put him up there. Uh, 2020 was just an outstanding year for Chris Jericho. There wasn't a segment that I did not want him in. Obviously, I'm a person where less is more, so I don't need to see you every week. Maybe that's my only criticism of the inner circle and Chris Jericho. But nothing they have done has been bad. Everything they've done, I've enjoyed Uh, And some of the things that they've done, like I said, the MJF uh, dinner, and then obviously uh, some other things with Orange Cassidy was just spectacular. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And that is why Chris Jericho got our male wrestler of the year. Now let's move to match of the year. You guys ready for this one? Again, we got some, we got some matches that were out of this world, all time greats. Roman Reigns and Jay Uso in the I Quit match, I think, was an all-time great. Uh, you had uh, the greatest match of all time with Chris Jer- or excuse me, with Randy Orton and Edge. You had the Royal Rumble match, I thought was an amazing Royal Rumble match as well. Uh, but for me, I didn't get Tim's feedback on the match of the year. Maybe he can give it to you after the first of the year uh, as we kind of do maybe a look back on 2020 part two. Uh, but my match of the year is Walter, and I'm going to mispronounce this bastard's name because, again, we don't fact check, but Walter versus Ilya Dragnoff. Pretty sure that's how he said it. Eh, nailed it. Uh, at least I did. But, guys, this match was bananas. This match was out of this world awesome. Physicality, brutality uncomfortability it was a match so damn good that they instantly they being wwe instantly got reactions from all-time greats like Shawn michaels like current champion drew mcintyre sheamus on their reaction to this match that's how instantaneous this was from wow to oh shit what did i just watch This was incredible. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. This is an all-time great match, especially in my opinion. Uh, 
I, I've watched it multiple times. The physicality, like I said, just it was the closest thing to a real fight with almost making me believe that this wasn't a, a, a scripted pro wrestling match. I mean, there was just spots that made me cringe. I had to watch it again like a car wreck. It was outstanding. Outstanding, ladies and gentlemen. I love this match. Again, Walter does it again. Uh, if you remember, remember a couple of years back, he had that mat, match with the, the mustache guy. Um, uh, not Pete Dunn, the other guy. I'm cold. I can't think of his name. What's the other guy's name? Uh, that guy. Walter. Fucking killed it. Well, I'm going to look it up now. Uh, what is that guy's name? You guys remember that, though? As I, Tyler Bate. God damn it. That's it. I knew Tyler Bates name, uh, Tyler Bate and Walter a couple years ago. I thought that was an all time classic. I think this one's just as good. Maybe even better if you, depending on what lens you're going to watch it through. Um, cause this didn't have a crowd. This just had two guys in a ref and they fucking went at it and they went at it until they couldn't go at it anymore. I love this match. I thought this again was the match of the year. That's why it's getting the award for match of the year. Um, tweet the table, excuse me, tweet the table. Let me know what you think. What is your match of the year? Also male, female and breakout star. Uh, but that was just, yeah, my God, Walter, it, it's, we're all friends here, pal. You don't have to fucking smack everyone like that. Jesus. I'm, I'm daydreaming about it right now. And it's making me uncomfortable. I love that match. Love it. All right. Now, as we recap, or finish out our recap, we are going to do moment of the year. Now, you can go a lot of different ways with this, right? You could go serious with the pandemic and no fans. I think that's what this year is going to be remembered for, but that's not really a moment. That's really just a moment in time, not a specific moment that you can say a date, right? Uh, There's other amazing matches that you could consider for moment of the year. Promos, I would consider moments of the year. Uh, So with all of that being considered, the moment of the year from the Spanish announce table is the stadium stampede match. I thought this was the best. Now, again, you can go different ways with this. You could say Firefly Funhouse. That was really good. A great reward for the IWC or longtime WWE listeners or excuse me, uh, viewers. You could also go with the Boneyard match, Undertaker's retirement match with AJ Styles. A ton of great moments. A ton of great memes came out of that match. Uh, You could go with either one, and I wouldn't fight you on it. I'd say that's yours. Awesome. But for us, the stadium stampede match was that moment of the year. First off, you had both teams, teams introduced by a ring announcer, and they get like football uh, entrances. Like they're, they're football players. They get numbers and jerseys. Uh, you got Hangman Adam Page coming out in a goddamn white horse. You had a bar fight. You had Hangman being dragged down a bar like it was Roadhouse. You had Matt Hardy get drowned and come back as three different people, three different versions of himself. You had Ortiz who said he couldn't swim and had to back into three feet of water. Oh, my God. You had the the moment with Sammy running away from the golf cart driven by Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega pointing him down. You had the one-winged angel coming from fucking heaven. Uh, It was insane. I loved everything about it. You had uh, 
the challenge where Jericho and Aubrey Edwards went in to challenge a, a call that she had made. It was a two count. You had those, uh, the damn uh, suplexes from one touchdown or one end zone to the other end zone. But Matt Jackson, it was just out of this world. It's my favorite moment of the year. It warms my heart. I've watched the match back millions of times. Uh, I didn't put it as the match of the year because with multi multi uh, person tag matches. And then also this had the weird thing, as I mentioned with like a pool and then uh, Santana stuck in an ice box and then a bar fight with Jake Hager, all of that. stuff. that's not really a match. I mean, I could be, but for me, that's not really a match. Walter's match is a match. So that's why I put that there. But for this awesome moment, I loved it. It was early on in the pandemic right when you're getting, at least for me, I was nervous and scared and uncertain of what was happening next. It was the greatest uh, suspension uh, of reality for me. I could just let go of everything and just invest in this. They did it amazing. I loved everything about the stadium stampede match. Uh, It was one of my favorite things in pro wrestling history. I will always remember it. And for that, that is why it is getting our moment of the year. So again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we we apologize for this um, kind of makeshift Spanish announce table, but I I fucked it up. Look, I shit the bed, guys. I uh, came out to the North Pole thinking that that's where the holiday party was. Apparently, I don't listen because pandemic. Uh, so Tim is working on getting me back home. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining me for this holiday special. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, do a hashtag tweet the table for any of your uh, wrestling thoughts. Also send us an email with uh, any of your wrestling thoughts, uh, table show at gmail.com. Before we get out of here though, I want to read some hashtag tweet the tables. If you haven't used hashtag tweet the table, please do so share any and every wrestling thought you have. We will read the best ones here. Uh, we're trying to re connect with our community, build that back up. You can also send a long form question or email uh, to us uh, via email uh, table show at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get to, we got an email from good friend of the show, John Batten. So we'll get to that uh, after tweet the tables, but let's get into some of them here. Uh, Mr. Fourth row says at table show, I kind of want to tag with the 2021 wrestler and take out 2020 and every other horrible thing that has happened this year. Hashtag tweet the table. You and me both, Mr. For, uh, Mr. Fourth row. I tell you this year was a roller coaster. Me personally, I got married uh, in February. So that's something special to my heart of why 2020 was actually good. Uh, also my sports team, the Kansas city chiefs don't know if we told you yet, they won the super bowl this year looks to be maybe winning the super bowl next year. Uh, but they won the super bowl for the first time in 50 years. The rock did the introductions, uh, it was in Miami. They defeated the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 20, Uh, so there was good parts of it, but obviously with the pandemic, working from home, uncertainty of health, uncertainty of others' health, uh, yeah, 2020 sucked, right? Like it was good for me personally, but I can be bigger than myself and view it in a different lens and it sucked. So yeah, 2021 wrestler, let's tag team with him or her and take out 2020 and get on the right side of a good time. So I agree with you on that. Let's get to some more here. Katie, the first lady says, well, I'm sweating now, WWTLC. So was this match fire or a dumpster fire? 
Uh, if you haven't already, check out our YouTube page. Uh, I did an instant reaction. I personally thought the match was good. I thought it was a perfect amount of time. It didn't go over too much. Uh, it wasn't overdrawn. It wasn't too quick either. Um, they lit Bray Wyatt on fire. What? Right? What? Um, but I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought everything about the match uh, was better than expected. And maybe that's an indictment on WWE, but I thought it was better than expected. All right. Now I've got another one here from BDD at BDD4. He says, while it's great to see Charlotte back, I still have a question. Is it necessary to always show Ric Flair backstage for everything she does? I agree. We're not going to get Charlotte Flair standing on her own if we keep dragging her back closer to her father. If you want to have Charlotte Flair be Charlotte, by the way, she's a Flair, you're going to have to do things where she wins and it's her moment, not a moment shared with her father. So for as much as I love Ric Flair and he is an all-time great, one of the greatest of all time, he needs to take a back seat and let Charlotte establish herself as her own person. It was great at the start when she got her first title victory, obviously sentimental moment. That was needed. That was expected. Uh, that was totally okay. But now let's, let's move Rick away from Charlotte. We're good. We're good. We get it, right? We know. Everyone knows by now that's watching Raw or SmackDown or NXT that Charlotte is the daughter of Ric Flair. All right, uh, one more here. We got Theo. He says, the women's tag match at WWE TLC reminds me of WWF superstars on the arcade. Yeah, it was, right? Uh, He says, hashtag 90s gaming, hashtag tweet the table. Um, Yeah, that was just ping pong back and forth, big move, big move, uh, back and forth, everything. And then we got Charlotte got the victory because Charlotte must pose uh, as you – saw from my instant reaction, or if you haven't checked that out, I, I gave a more full breakdown of, of all of my thoughts on that. But I agree with Theo. It was like a nineties uh, arcade game where Yoko Zuna and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are all doing that conveyor belt uh, wrestling. Thought it was really fun. I love that game actually, by the way, it's really fun. They should have that as a mini game in the next WWE game, like have the WWE game be its normal game, but then do the arcade version of maybe even have the Yokozunas and the Undertakers back then, or even have today's guys and girls in there. Uh, but that would be a, a, a good caveat or addition to the, to the game for next year. All right, let's get now to our email. And again, as I mentioned, it is from John Batten. Be like, hashtag be like John Batten, obviously. And subject line is, it's a real question. So happy to know that. Thank you so much, John. So John says, with how much fans and old timers complain about modern wrestling, do we even need new content? Yes. Yes. I think we always need new something. I think one of the faults that I have, especially for uh, this podcast, is I always say, it should be like ECW. Because I'm an old grumpy man who makes bad decisions like going to the North Pole during a pandemic. But I think you need the new content because what's cool evolves, what is um, appropriate evolves, and life evolves. So you can't just say, 
2003 wrestling was the best. We only can do or see 2003 wrestling. What was cool in 2003 is not cool now, right? Ja Rule isn't still making number one hits like he was in 03. Uh, 50 Cent isn't making number one hits like he was in 03. Uh, Billy and Chuck are on a tag team, so we need something to replace that. So, yeah, you need to continue. And when you continue to evolve, that's when you get cool things. Like I mentioned, the stadium stampede match. Uh, so, John, thank you so much for your question. I do agree uh, that um, old-timers can complain. Um, but, hey, the network and YouTube is there. So if you don't want to evolve, if you don't want to move forward, and you only want to live back in your uh, heyday, or if you want to jump back in that time machine, if you weren't around and take part in some 70s, you know, NWA wrestling or whatever, by all means, go at it. But for me and Tim, I, I think we're going to keep looking towards the future uh, because the future does have some great stuff uh, on the horizon. But the past was awesome, right? There were some great things, but obviously there were some bad things. Uh, as I mentioned, guys, this is it for me. I have gas bagged for so long. I'm going to try to get home. I'm going to try to contact Tim via, I don't know, uh, Pony Express. I don't know what I have up here. I don't even know if this is going to make it onto YouTube or anything. So maybe I've just been talking to myself, which is not the, not the first time. Nothing new here. But again, guys, uh, use hat. Excuse me. Use hashtag tweet the table uh, for any and all wrestling thoughts on Twitter. Obviously, table show at gmail.com. Uh, check out SpanishNounceTable.net. Uh, feel free to donate a dollar if you have one during this holiday time because we definitely need it for getting me back home and other expenses. Uh, and until then, or until next time, we will talk to you in 2021. And keep loving pro wrestling. The Spanish Announce Table.